Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan! Right now, plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money, and it is not uncommon for, po for folks to put off retirement planning with a professional because of preconceived notions, misunderstandings, or just talking about rules of thumb, which don't make any sense whatsoever. And so today we're going to dispel some of those financial planning myths in an effort to help separate And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gilles. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark Keels is here. Mark, of course, certified financial planner and independent fiduciary. 30-plus years experience. EFS Wealth Management is where you find him. And EFS4U.com is the website. That's EFS, the number for the letter U.com. Mark, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I like what we're talking about here today. Uh, you know, we've talked about rules of thumb in the past, and, and I've always thought they're kind of silly. And I'm glad to hear you say they really don't mean anything and you can't rely on them. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't imagine how many times I've heard, well, this is what I've heard, you know, that oh, sure. you should do. And, you know, whether it's, you know, yeah, and we'll talk about some, whether it's subtract your age from 120 to determine how to <laughs> allocate your money or you know, rules of thumb about claiming Social Security or about retirement or about this or that or the other thing. Sure. So that we're going to talk about this or that and the other thing. <laughs> and the other yeah. thing. All yeah. right. Well, let's jump in. Uh, we're talking fact, fiction, or somewhere in between. Uh, you mentioned Social Security. So this is an obvious one, or it's pretty easy, and it's not a rule of thumb. It's just a rule. Uh, you can boost your monthly Social Security payments by 8% a year if you delay claiming until age 70. Fact, fiction, or somewhere in between, Mark? That is a fact. That is a fact, and that's a yep. good fact. Yeah, and prior to prior to full retirement age, it's about a little over 6% that your Social Security increases from 62 to full retirement age. Okay. But after full retirement age, it grows by 8%. Um, here's a little-known fact that I would say that 90-plus percent of people would get wrong on a 
test, and that is once you start receiving Social Security, can you suspend it and it'll start growing again? And that is a fact because you can start Social Security at any age after you reach age 62 as long as you know you don't earn any money that exceeds the earning test, you'll get your full benefit. But at full retirement age, even if you started taking Social Security beforehand, you can stop taking it. So let's say you, you started taking it at 64, and at age 67, you're like, well, you know what? I inherited some money from mom and dad, or um, you know, or maybe I, I don't need as much money as I thought I needed, or maybe you're just regretful of taking Social Security because you read that it'll continue to grow, and you've got other alternatives to supplement your income with. And so now you can suspend it, and it'll grow from when you suspend it by 8% until you start it again. And it's not necessarily that you have to suspend it and, and not start it till age 70. You could suspend it just for a year and restart it, and it'll grow by 8% at least, plus whatever the CPI adjustment to Social Security will be added on top of it. So the other year, you know, Social Security... CPI was over 8%. So right. if you weren't taking Social Security and you're getting an 8% base increase plus CPI, your Social Security benefit actually went up by over 16%. Wow. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, and it's guaranteed money, um, and it's not all taxable. So, I mean, it's it's some of the best income that you can receive. Well, it seems to me that that's a good reason to just give you a call or, or drop you an email and come on in and, and have the conversation with you, because those are things that people aren't aware of, as you just said, and, and important things that people need to know. All right. And, and it's like, well, when when do I do these things? Well, it depends on your situation. I can't really, you know, I don't have a crystal ball and say, well, everyone should do the X, you know, because this is why, you know, it, yeah. it's a benefit. I can tell you what the benefit is, but I can't tell you if it's a benefit to you. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important to deal with a financial professional. Um, talk to them about your situation so that they can help you make those decisions. And you want to talk to somebody who's familiar with this. You know, you don't want to go into an advisor and say, hey, did you know you could do that? And the advisor's like, yeah, but I've never done it before. <laughs> like, well, would you go to a doctor and have him perform surgery on you that he'd never done before? No, no, I mean, of course not. You know, you want somebody that has done it, has experience with doing it, um, and knows how to do it and why it should be done. <laughs> right, those, exactly. Those are the important things, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So we're we're talking about rules of thumb here, and and uh, or fact fiction, uh, or somewhere in between. I like this diversification and asset allocation. They're the same thing, right? No, that's fiction. Okay, they are that's not fiction. the same thing. Asset allocation. You know, if you read about it, it's like, well, it's important to, you know, have asset allocation. It's Asset allocation is how much you put into different baskets or asset classes. In other words, how much do you have in stocks? How much do you have in bonds? How much do you have small company stocks, large company stocks, international investments, and, and that type of thing? Mm -hmm. Diverse, diversification in my world means not only having different asset allocations, but using different investment strategies and even different investment products to diversify your money. A lot of people think, and this is what I see, I see, well, diversification means you know, owning you know, 10 different mutual funds or having three different financial advisors. But what I see in that case is 
just owning a lot more of the same thing mm-hmm. um, and having no coordination between them. The important thing about diversification means that you have investments that don't work exactly the same and they have different benefits associated with them that will perform differently in different market environments. And so there's a lot of diversification that can be done in our world today that really probably didn't exist as much when I first started my career. So one of the things I tell people that have changed immensely, and even in the last few years, is product diversification. In other words, what can I use to diversify my money into different strategies that will perform differently? Okay, I and like there's that. A lot of, and there's a lot of different strategies out there. There's a lot of different products. There's, there's products that will guarantee income. There's investments that will protect your money if you run into a health problem. There's investments that protect against market losses. There's investments that reduce volatility. There's there's just a host, and there's more being brought to the marketplace every single day. Um, you know, is cryptocurrency a diversificate a diversifier in a portfolio? What about precious metals? What about energy? You know, what about you know annuities? What about hedged products? You know, all of those things are diversifiers that go along with asset allocation. And so that's definitely fiction where you think the two are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And again, I always think that asset allocation is important and diversification is really about defining what the purpose of your money is for and using those things that we just talked about to aid in that asset allocation. So right. that, I mean, that's a lot to kind of to say in that whole context. Right, um, but it makes sense when you, especially when you start to define the the differences. And and one of the things that helped me see it clearly was was product diversification. I get that. I mean, right. because like you said, there's so many choices out there, and that's where you come in, independent fiduciary. You're you're helping us, you know, what is best for us. Yeah, and I think a lot of people miss that product diversification because they're just not aware, um, or you know, they just don't want to take the time to take a look at how that really really works sure or they or they don't have somebody that has the ability to offer that to them you well, know so those, those are all things sure absolutely yeah. so folks if you want to reach out to market i'll give you a phone number it's 712-224-4651 712-224-4651 or you can just visit the website efs the number for the letter u.com and you can connect to mark right there and send him an email and uh, you know you will be happy to reach back All right, next in line. Yes. Social Security benefits are enough to live off of in retirement. Well, of course they are. Of course. (laughs) Everybody can just, you know, not save any money, retire, you know, and travel the world on Social Security benefits. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, Mark. Right. (laughs) So obviously everyone knows that. Yes. Social Security is exactly what the name says and what what the meaning of it is. So it's designed for the masses. It's designed to provide security so that you are not impoverished and you have some money to live off of. And that's basically what Social Security does. If you look at, if you earn X amount of dollars, what the benefit is, is it's just barely above the poverty line in terms of what the benefit is that it provides to you 
in retirement based upon what you've earned during your working career. And so it's, it's not designed to um, live off in retirement. It's designed as a piece or, you know, a leg of the stool is what they used to um, sure. call it. it. Used to be a three-legged stool. You remember that? I do that, remember that uh, yeah. conversation. Sure. And the legs were um, Social Security, savings and investments, and pensions. Ah, yes, that third leg. <laughs> yes, and now there now there's only two legs to the stool because a, pensions are non-existent anymore. If you still have a pension, congratulations. Um, you probably work for um, a federal or state agency because that's really about the only pensions that are left are, are government pensions. Um, private pensions that are in the corporate world have pretty much disappeared. I mean, they've right. all been replaced by 401ks, where it is up to you to save that money and manage it. And that's the third leg of the stool now is the 401ks, which mm -hmm. have replaced the pensions. Well, that's a different leg, though. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different animal, isn't it? Yeah. So really, you have one leg, it's Social Security, and the other two are up to you, which is personal <laughs> savings and investments, and then what you put into your 401k right. or retirement plan at work. Or Roth or whatever it might be. I mean, but, yeah, that's, exactly. but that's why working with an advisor, especially as you get into that financial red zone, which is the sweet spot for you and, and your team at, at you know, EFS, and, and you just you you just can walk with walk through stuff with people. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of, I, I like this one too. Uh, fact fiction somewhere in between. What do you think? I won't be spending as much in retirement as I do now, so I'll be able to live off of what I've saved thus far. Well, that's really fiction, and it's simply not the case. Um, the reason why you hear that, or the reason why I think that was put out there is because you can live off of less money than you're earning in retirement or what you're earning before you retire, but who wants to, right? <laughs> Not me. Yeah, and the the fact is that if you're going to enjoy retirement, depending upon what you earn prior to retirement, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people will spend more money. You know, if you want to travel, you want to, you know, have leisure activities, you want to join the country club, you know, you want to do all of these things, um, you have more time to spend money. You know, when you're working, you don't have the time to spend money. Now you have the time to spend money. And so, you know, that's really not a true statement that people spend less money after they retire. Mm -hmm. um, now, what I will tell you and studies have shown is that as people move through retirement, they will spend less money later on but in the early years you 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 know really have to look at what am i going to spend there what am i going to spend during each one of the different stages of retirement cuz people go through four three stages in retirement you know you have the go go years right yes. so you're going yep you're traveling you're doing stuff you know you can do whatever you want go wherever you want spend whatever you want and then you have the slow go years and then the no go years and so the go-go years are termed as lasting until mid to late 70s, the slow-go years another 10 years, and the no-go years another 5 to 10 years after that. You know, so you're looking at anywhere between 30-some you know, years, depending upon how you split up 
those three parts of retirement. Sure. But you do spend less money as you get older in, reti- in retirement, and you spend money on different things as you go through retirement. So think of maybe hearing aids that you didn't need when you're 65, but now you're 75 and you need hearing aids. Yeah, what? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's something that, that I get a lot of phone calls from clients for that don't plan on that expense. It's like, hey, Mark, you know, I need $5,000, $7,000, $8,000, whatever it is for a pair of hearing aids. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how much they cost. And it's not just money that you got lying around in the dresser drawer either because right. they're expensive stuff, expensive sure. things, um, you know. And um, so what the best method is, you know, and we've talked about this before. You can go to our website at efs4.com and look at time-segmented distribution, which – helps you plan for the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years by setting aside money into different buckets to coincide with those patterns versus, you know, the typical rule of thumb, which is the 4% withdrawal rule or or a 3% withdrawal rule or what it whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you followed one of those rules, where you're taking the same amount of money at the beginning of retirement as what you would need at the end of retirement, what happens? If we just got done explaining to you that you spend less money as you go through retirement, what happens? Well, you accumulate money. Um, You spend less money as you get older, but you're drawing the same amount as what you did at the beginning. Well, why not draw more money at the beginning and less when you're not spending it. And most people say, well, how do I do that? Right. Well, it's it's not that complicated. It's all about math. And you use the math to decide how much money you put into those beginning buckets of money, leaving enough money to pay for and do the things that you're planning to do later on. You know, the only thing that is difficult is how long are those go-go years going to last? You know, how long am I going to spend that money? And then what are the slow-go and no-go years going to look like in terms of what the amounts of money are that I'm going to leave in those future buckets? Mm -hmm. But again, time-segmented distribution means you're identifying and putting money into future buckets so you can spend all of the money during the go-go years that you've allocated for the go-go years because you've already set money aside for those future slow-go and no-go years, and they're sitting there and waiting to be spent during that time period. That's why time-segmented distribution has nothing to do with rules of thumb. It has to do with math, and math is the number one most important four-letter word to use in retirement. Sure. Well, I mean, again, because it, the math doesn't lie, Mark. I mean, you've proven that over and over again to me. Right. I mean, you can use other four-letter words for retirement. <laughs> well, you know, I'll yeah. let you come up with whatever ones you want to use, but math is the one that I use. Yeah, well, I like that. And so right. what, there's, there's another one here that says uh, uh, there's too much uncertainty to properly plan for retirement. Well, I don't believe that at all. Well, there's many variables. So that is fiction. Sure. Um Lots of variables can cause uncertainty when, when you know, preparing for retirement, right? The planning process, though, 
helps to limit and prevent the concerns. So remember, there's always going to be the certainty of uncertainty, right? Yes. Yep, of course. Um, but the worries that that comes up with <clears throat> in order to help establish a good plan, you can help alleviate some of those worries of uncertainty. So, you know, what I share with clients is, hey, if X, Y, Z happens, the answer should be marked. Did we plan for that contingency? And the answer should always be, yes, we didn't we didn't know whether this was going to happen, but because it did, this was our plan. This is what we're going to do in this instance. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, whether it's inflation or unexpected costs or health concerns, you know, or, you know, whatever right you know it's uncertain it but, is uncertain and but, but there's nothing we can do about that except address it and and plan for it right so you got to have a plan b and a plan c and you oh, know yeah. all those other things sure um and so yeah so i mean so hopefully you know we've helped come up with some of those those you know, put some ideas to rest or yeah. put some thoughts to rest i should say um you know. So, Mark, is there one big piece of misinformation that just annoys you the most? Um, I'll have to think about that one. Uh, or there I may think be many, that, I suppose. Well, I think the one that uh, I hear or see, it depends on, on what age the individuals okay. are. All right. You know, so it, it seems like they change, you know, depending on whether I'm talking to somebody in their 50s or somebody in their 60s. Uh, it changes. I mean, there's so many of them. Um, one of them, I think, is well. How much money do I? How much money do I need to retire? Or when? When am I going to retire? Or when should I retire? You know, we have built in, I think, this this uh, um, thought that well, you know, now normal retirement age for Social Security is 67. I don't think you should let Social Security, or when you are eligible to receive Medicare, that's another one, which is age 65. I don't think you should let those dictate to you when you actually do retire, because those are just events that happen. But, you know, I would say that that is a fictional uh, thought to say, well, I've got to wait till I can claim Medicare to retire, because mm -hmm. you can retire plenty early. I bet people that have retired in their 50s, um, in their 40s, and they don't have Medicare. You know, they didn't wait, you know, until they're 65. And so, it, again, it comes down to the math. And I see these, these questions all the time. If you look at any financial websites or anything, it's like, well, I have, you know, this much money and I've got my house paid for and I want to do this and I want to do that. Do I have enough money to retire at this age? And, you know, again, it, it's all about the math. And I read some of the answers and I'm like, that's that's not a hard question to answer. It's, hey, here's what your go-go years are going to look like. Here's Here's how much money you're going to need to provide health insurance to yourself, um, depending upon you know, structuring income to maybe get subsidies around the Affordable Care Act. But again, it comes down to, you know, some people think that the fact is, well, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's all fiction. You know, most of the things are all dependent 
upon something else. Now, there are certain things that we talked about that are facts, like Social Security. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about some of those things that are basically cut and dried. I think tax laws are facts. Yes. You know, and so understanding what the facts are, you can use the facts to your advantage in certain cases. Mm-hmm. So that's important to know. But I think, yeah, I think the biggest one is is just around, you know, how much money and when can I retire? Well, I think again, those are those are. Yeah, we determine that ourselves, though, essentially. Right. By what we've saved and, and what we're doing. Right. Our health. Yeah. And what we want to do. Yeah, sure. Yep. Well, all right. I, I, I like that. So fact fiction somewhere in between. We sort of ran through a bunch of stuff today. It was very interesting. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, we'll leave you with, you know, some of those thoughts. But there's a lot of, I think, misinformation uh, in the planning world. Um, I think one of the facts, and Vanguard has done numerous studies on this over time, that individuals that work with quality financial advisors do end up feeling more secure, are able to spend more money, and actually accumulate more money than those that do not. And that is a fact that is done, you know, by one of the largest investment firms in this country. Um, and I've seen it. It's not just one study. They've, I've seen them run that study over and over again, you know, over many years. I've seen that study come out that it pays to seek yes. professional advice. It's like you said, you get what you pay for, folks. It's no question. Well, you don't know what you know until you know it. Yes. And we'll leave done. that statement at that at the end. I think that's a good statement to wrap up this with. All right, Mark, let's do it again next week. How about it? Sounds like a plan. All right, we'll talk to you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 
712-224-4651 or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com. <laughs> 